Today on Com Talk, we're talking about Spider-Man and hookers. Glicks, what is going on? We are receiving a signal from a new area on the planet Eagerly. All right, let's see what the planet has for us today. Opening comms in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to episode 119 of Com Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Geek Devotions, a show from devoted geeks who are devoted to letting you know that you are loved. I'm Dallas, and with me is Celeste, and we are so glad that you have hit play today. Dallas. Celeste. Do you want to explain your opening statement? To yeah, people? absolutely. So we're talking about Spider-Man today. Yes. If you want to know about the last part of that conversation, you're going to have to stick around towards the second half of the podcast. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> going to make people think all kinds of things. We're going to oh, get yes. nasty emails. <laughs> it happens. I already do. We already do. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways. Um, <clears throat> so, um, this is Geekmas 2021. And you guys know we kind of do something different every time with Geekmas. Yeah. And this this year we're having a very spidey Christmas. Yeah. Which, by the way, we have a shirt celebrating it. We have a shirt. And uh, it's designed by Branson Boykin, who does our Bees Views and Reviews. Check out our website, geekdevotions.com. He is very talented. Yep. Oh, we also have the You Are Loved shirts now. Yeah, up on the, the store. You Are Loved shirts are up on the store. So, but, um, but we're talking about Spider-Man all month long. And all month long. It's been fun so far. Spider-Man. <laughs> so coming up uh we have articles by our team and uh all of course all of our devotions are based on spider-man yeah. um the first devotion of the month was based off of the game marvel mm-hmm. spider-man and then yours was based off of this past week off the first movie from 2002 yeah the sam Raimi one yeah so how are you enjoying spider-man so far I'm loving it. I love Spider-Man, though. Yeah. Spider-Man is the first one I read comics of. Mm-hmm. And he, because he's very sarcastic, he has a smart mouth. He I does. really like him because <laughs> I have a smart mouth. And so he thinks what I would say. Right. <laughs> he's sarcastic. He is. So what was your first experience with Spider-Man? Um, my first experience with Spider-Man was the 2002 movie. Yeah. That was my first, that was my introduction to Spider-Man. That was your introduction to like superheroes period, wasn't it? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I knew who Superman was. Right. Vaguely. Um, but when it came out in 2002, it kind of was the precursor of being introduced to a lot of things. Yeah. Um, my dad showed up and married my mom in around 2005. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we were three short years away from the full induction. <laughs> but the the that was uh, introduced to me by my uh, youth pastors at the time. And they, they were like, hey, we're having a movie night. You should come over. Nice. And we watched Spider-Man. Very cool. So we watched a lot of stuff with them. Yeah. That's not a bad introduction to Spider-Man, no. I think. That was, I think it was a good movie. It's a pretty solid movie. It, it had its problems. Yeah, it does. Web shooters. Um, 30 year old teenager. I mean, there's worse things. (laughs) So I think my introduction, actually, um, I had a core memory unlocked this past week, uh, in the devoted geek life. I had, um, somebody made a post of like, Hey, do I need to watch Spider-Man one, two, and three Spider-Man one, two before, and then Spider-Man one, two before I watched Spider-Man three. 
<laughs> and I was like, what about the 1970s, uh, the, the Japanese Spider-Man? And then I referenced the other one from the 70s. Um, and I realized um, I'd seen that one. Oh, really? It hit me later. I'd actually seen that one uh, on television uh, when I was a child. Hmm. It was a, obviously on rerun because I'm not old enough to have seen that live. Right. And <laughs> I saw a rerun of it and I was fascinated by it. And Spider-Man's like, Spider-Man's always in society. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like it's one of the, he's one of the iconic superheroes that just is always there. Some of it is, I think that he's one of the more realistic ones. Yeah. Like part of why I like him is because he uh, very much is your stereotypical college student. Mm -hmm. Like even when he's 30 years old, graduated with his master's doctorate, whatever degree, mm -hmm. he's still broke and eating ramen. <laughs> Like it's true. it's true, he is. That's this is just who he is, and part of it's because he can't do a steady job and be Spider Man, right? And I get that, but sure. he's just real relatable, yeah. He is so, but yeah, that, that classic one is mine. Now, what has been your favorite rendition of Spider Man? I, while I don't like some of the things they've changed, I enjoy Tom Holland's Spider Man, okay, but I think my favorite storyline and acting so far has mm. been Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yes. I have a special place in my heart for Tobey Maguire that, that when we just ignore the third movie, um, <laughs> because he was the first Spider-Man. It's kind of like, you don't forget your first doctor. You don't forget your first Spider-Man. Right. So I have a, a special place in my heart for him. It's kind of cool. <laughs> but I, I don't, like, I think that Andrew Garfield would, had a better script to work with, and mm -hmm. I enjoy his acting as well. Yeah. You know, it's, again, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad story. I thought it was a good, um, I thought it was a good introduction to um, Spider-Man for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, my favorite rendition of Spider-Man actually goes back to 1994. Really? It was uh, Spider-Man, the animated series, which was on Fox. Oh. And, um. Spider-Man Peter Parker was played by Christopher Daniel Barnes, who you know as Prince Eric from uh, Little Mermaid. Oh, well then. And Greg Brady. Oh. <laughs> like he played Greg Brady? It was Greg Brady in a very special Brady uh, sequel and also the Brady Bunch movie. And uh Yeah. But he's put, he's done a lot of stuff over the years. That's fascinating. It really is. So, but um, that was my he's been my favorite. I was talking with some friends of mine about Spider Man, um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, and we were just kind of talking about it, and that we were just saying like, you know, what was our favorite one? Stuff stuck it out, stood out, and that's the one that really stood out for me. His mm -hmm. voice when I read Spider Man comics, his voice is what I hear. Nice. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah, I just love the like the animation was cool. The stories were good. They were like it was four kids, but there was still a, a grownness to it. Yeah, and um, and I think it introduced a lot of people to just a variety of characters. Even Ooh, I'm gonna have to go watch some of this. We have one. You bought me one of the episode sets. It was with Daredevil mm. when we did um, when we did a when we focused on Daredevil at one time. Yeah, um, uh, I think it might be on Disney. It is okay. It is Disney Plus. Yep. But uh, there are a lot of really good renditions of it out there. 
So, um, but that's the one that stuck out to me as far as animated hearing or seeing. Uh, but I want to talk about with you um, for this first half of the show, what are some Spider-Man stories, Celeste, mm-hmm. that stand out? That you're like, this has been, like, these are the things that just come to my mind when you think about Spider-Man. And we, those of you guys listening, we want to hear from you guys' Absolutely. feedback. Like, like, what are some that stand out to you? Comment on the YouTube or reach out to us on social media. Um, but what are your, your favorite Spider-Man stories? So Celeste, what's your, what were some stuff that stand out to you? So I have one that's just a simple moment okay. and it kind of fits into the Spider-Man's a hot mess <laughs> category right? of when he first determined he was going to be Spider-Man. He, he made his own suit. He sewed his own suit. Well, then it rained and his suit shrunk and he he literally looked like he put on one of those cheap knockoffs that they sell right. for Spider-Man. But it was like up by his knees and up by his <laughs> arms. And he's going, we've got to get this fixed. <laughs> like it just, it set the tone for honestly all of Spider-Man yeah. types things because he's just, he's a hot mess. It's yes. just, just him. <laughs> um, Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy. Yeah. Her, her death. Her death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That is, I remember reading that. Um, so Missouri, mm-hmm. um, we lived in the middle of nowhere. And uh, so the library was a place to be. That's where all the hip cats were. And uh, <laughs> for those of you in the listening audience, Dallas just gave me finger guns when he did that noise. And winked. And winked. <laughs> so, but I, uh, yeah, I, um, we had a, at the library, they had a whole section on comic books, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember getting the story with that was um, the jackal. Yeah, and uh, and wow, that was traumatic. I was not prepared. How old were you when you read that? You had to have been older. I was maybe sixteen. Yeah. So I knew about it because my dad likes to talk, <laughs> and so he had talked about the fact that before this point, no one died in comics yeah comic code wouldn't allow it Mm -hmm. no one died and if they did they didn't stay dead which is actually he is annoyed by spider gwen because to him it undoes the importance of the fact that gwen stacy has never been brought back to life but it's a different gwen i i understand that you understand that he he doesn't as much as a sci-fi junkie as he is I, I, I think it's because he never read them. Right. He he never read it. He didn't read the Spider-Verse stuff. I haven't read the Spider-Verse right. stuff because I can't stand Doc Ock. But that's legitimately the reason I stopped reading it. Right. Uh, I just can't stand Octavius. Bobby, if you're listening to this, but I don't know if your dad listens to this. Bobby, if you're listening to this, let us know. I will go out and buy you the Spider-Gwen story and let you read it and then get your feedback on it. If, if you want that. We can make that happen. Um, I don't think he listens to our podcast. We're going to have to change. We're about to call him. <laughs> we'll just call him. Or we can text him and hear back in like three years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think it's just, that's not entirely wrong. Um, Geek Miss will come and go again. Before a couple we times. Hear from <laughs> a couple times. Um, so, but just the, because I had an understanding of the significance of it Mm -hmm. because he and I had talked about that. And then just the writing of that story, like you really think that he's saved her Mm -hmm. and then he doesn't. 
Mm-hmm. He has to live with the fact of, well, would she have lived if she hit the ground? Yeah. If I hadn't stopped her? Man. Like the, just the, the potency behind it all. It is a fundamental aspect of the story, which I understand mm-hmm. your dad's frustration to it. Grant, Grant, they've reset the world and done all kinds so of stuff. So many times. And there's so many different worlds now, but uh, it stands out as one of those key moments mm-hmm. along with, um, uh, Green Lantern, Green Lantern. Um, whenever Green Lantern start killing everybody and collecting all the rings, um, Hal Jordan lost his mind because his city was destroyed, oh. lost everyone he loved, and so he was using the power to recreate the city. Uh, it's also up there with the iconic imagery of Superman holding Supergirl in the mm. uh, Crisis. Yeah. So yeah, it's I can see why that stands out to you. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones that I think that it's in the book that I loaned to somebody and they haven't returned <laughs> yet. Still waiting. Um, but that my dad gave me. He gave me one of those omnibuses. Yeah. That had, like the first like issue one, uh, right up until like it ended with Gwen Stacy. Right. And so I remember going. because like and i knew it was coming i knew it was gonna happen but it was just it was one of those things that even if you know it's gonna happen you can't prepare for that yeah you can't prepare for how well they wrote the pain and the anguish yeah it was it was a really emotional story it really was normally i'm not a big big into an emotional story right but because they had set you up to like Gwen. Mm-hmm. Like, I like Gwen better than Mary Jane. Yeah. I think that they worked better together. Mm. But that's because I think that Mary Jane's a little bit pushy. <laughs> She's a little bit pushy. She's a little bit pushy. She's kind of Lois Lane-ish. She's a not as cultured Lois Lane. <laughs> You're just called Mary Jane uncultured. No, <laughs> I call Lois Lane very cultured. Oh. But again, it's a different stereotype because Mary Jane didn't come on the scene till what, the 70s? Yeah, probably. Six, late 60s, I'll early 70s. Uh, Lois Lane was around in the 30s. Right. And so she had a very specific feel to her. Right. All right, so the first Prince of Mary Jane was an Amazing Spider-Man issue 25. Oh. Back in June of 1965. Okay, so late 60s. Yeah. Now, her first full appearance. Yeah. Because that was just a cameo. Mm-hmm. Was issue 42, which was January of 1967. So two years later. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, she was definitely. It's definitely a different era. It's, like, and I think that's that's the big difference is mm-hmm. the Lois Lane is the classic feminist girl reporter person, mm-hmm. and Mary Jane being a couple decades later has almost, a different feel to her. Almost hippie-ish. Yeah. Like like the like definitely the girl power, but oh like yeah, in the hippie kind of vein, like more wild. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that's just the the way that characters mature with yeah. the decades. And now, they wanted to honor the basis of who they were. Now, don't get me wrong. I do like Mary Jane. But if I'm comparing her to Gwen, I feel like Gwen was better for Peter. Because while Mary Jane's not going to put up with his crap, mm-hmm. Gwen was a little more understanding. Right. So there was a a better 
balance there. I get that. In my opinion. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So for me, stuff that still stands out to me from the Spider-Man stories. Um, what uh, and I've talked about it several times online mm-hmm. on in our streams. I love um, the clones. Yes. Uh, specifically, Ben Riley. Uh, Kane has grown on me. Uh, ben Riley just stuck out to me. Um, partially because it was one of the, it was like one of the first ones I ever got as a child. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I was in a grocery store. I think I, we were in Tulsa at the time and I got this comic book. No, I was in Missouri. I was going to see my dad in Tulsa. And so I got a comic book with, took it with me home, uh, to dad's house and it happened to be one of the stories with Ben Riley. And I was fascinated because mm-hmm. I know Spider-Man, I know Peter Parker, but now here's this individual yeah. who is, supposedly a clone of Peter Parker, but at the same time trying to find his own identity yeah. and operating on his own. And I was, I was fascinated with this story as a whole of this idea of becoming your own person. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so years later when I had adult money, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> but when I finally, you know, started working, I got um, volume one of the Clone Saga. Mm-hmm. Not Clone Saga. Yeah, the Clone Saga. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. Star Wars Clone Wars. <laughs> but I got volume of that, and I got volume two. Uh, this past week, I got volume three. I need yeah. to read that. Where they actually walk through it, which, unfortunately, the Clone Saga gets stupid ridiculous, and the writing goes goes down south. Because, basically, they kept switching editors. Yeah. And they were like, ah, we'll put this project off. We'll put this project off. So there was no really tie-up. But you had been rightly who was, it actually goes back to the Jackal. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Jack wanted uh, some cloning, and uh, actually cloned uh, Gwen Stacy. Oh, oh yeah, mess with Parker. Yes, I remember seeing that. Now I read that. That was in the first book. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but um, he cloned Spider Man, and you think that the clone dies at the end of the book, uh, but that where the clone sucker picks up, and you see it later. Um, it's somebody comes out of the rubble. You've always assumed the clone died, but then the question is, did the clone die or did Parker die? Which to later you realize they both survived. So which one made it home and took on the life of Peter Parker? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was fascinated. I was sucked into this story. Yeah. And then you had Kane, a failed clone. Kane is interesting to me. And I will say this, the books, the omnibuses that uh, compile all the stories mm-hmm. don't tell enough about Kane. Well, there's, there's other storylines out there that talk about Kane. Yeah. You got to find those though. It, it's like, I, it very briefly brought him in mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I know Kane's name, but I don't know anything about him. <laughs> and like, it's talking like you should know who this is. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that's that's one that stuck out to me, and I actually have the, I have the uh, all of the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider because he takes on the identity of Scarlet yeah. Spider. I have all of his first books because mm-hmm. there weren't many <laughs> at all, but I also have all of when Kane becomes Scarlet Spider, mm-hmm. and uh, I just want to read a real quick um, summary of that for you guys of of what that looks like. Um, Okay, so this is coming from marvel.fandom.com and it's uh it's on an article about Scarlet Spider Volume 2. Mm-hmm. 
and um, right, was written by Christopher Yost. Um, inkers were Michael Babskin, uh, penciled by Ryan Stigma, colored by Marte Gar- Garcia, which was it was really great. All the stuff. Um, but uh, here's a here's a quote from it: "The scars are gone. The degeneration is gone. But for the first time in my life, I'm not dying." For the first time in my life, I realize I don't have to be the man I see in the mirror. I may not be able to forget my past, but I can be someone better. For the first time in my life, I'm alive. And that quote really well sums up mm-hmm. what's taking place in this. This is after the Spider Island event. Kane has has taken on the identity of Scarlet Spider. He mu- moves to Houston. He's a Texas boy now, and but it's really him coming to his own going, I don't have to be the villain yeah. that I once was. I can be something better. What was Spider Island? Spider Island was a huge event where uh, people were being randomly given spider powers. Oh, is oh. that how we ended up with all the spider people? No, that was uh, due to Spider-Verse. Okay. Yeah. Because some of the spider women are my favorite. Yes. Those are all from just different things. But, um, but yeah, so, but Kane, I grew, because that story made me fall in love with Kane. Uh, it really did. It's one of the reasons why I'm trying to unlock his costume also in the uh, Spider-Man game right now. But just because, again, it's this whole story of self-discovery of going, mm-hmm. you know, and while I love that line about the scars still exist, like, like he, he's no, he knows his past. He remembers there's still pain there. And throughout the entire thing, he's still reconciling his his evil days. Right. He's like, I'm not a goody two shoe, but you kind of are, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So I that's what I loved about the Scarlet Spy, both Scarlet Spiders was you. It was always this self discovery, not unlike Peter Parker, but but coming from a difference of whereas Peter was he was his own person. Mm-hmm. These guys are we have the life memories of yeah. Peter Parker but we have to live with the fact that we're not and find out who we are on our own. Yeah. So I it's found that really fascinating, interesting. fascinating psychological thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And they do a very good job of delving into that. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite spider? Jessica drew Jessica drew. Why? Because she's older. Uh-huh. She's not a teenager. Um, and my introduction to her was some stuff through Spider Gwen because I love Spider Gwen. Yeah. Um, but she and Spider Gwen ended up having a like a meetup with Silk, and like they interdimensionally traveled and things happened. But it made me interested in her, and so I went back and read a reboot of her series because mm. yeah, you know they'll, they'll forever like ending a book and then they'll restart it and so it was a more recent one but she was pregnant and like fighting the Cree. <laughs> like at one point she's on a space station with carol danvers mm-hmm. and the Cree show up to start kicking butt and taking names and she's fighting them while in labor <laughs> Like she's literally hanging upside down on a wall, holding her stomach, going, you need to hang on a second. Mama's got to take care of business. (laughs) I respect that. So it just, I really enjoy, she has the same smart Alec, but she also has the, we're going to get crap done. Yeah. I respect that. That's good. So mine falls within either Ben or Kane, more Ben. 
Ben loses his mind later, <clears throat> which oh, I discovered, um, and kind of becomes evil. Dies, all kinds of crazy stuff, but he gets better. That, well, no, it's just things I know that doesn't make sense. I know. There's so much more that takes place after what you've read already. <laughs> so, I uh, I was telling you earlier this week, I've been enjoying playing Spider-Man the game. Yeah. I'm enjoying this month, all the conversations. It reminds Absolutely. me of how much I love Spider-Man. And um, there's something about it that just captures the imagination. Mm-hmm. And we want to hear from you guys. Like, why do you like Spider-Man? Like, what captures your imagination about it? If you like it? Spider-Man. If you like Spider-Man. We know some people don't. Um, <clears throat> John. John doesn't like one. So, John's actually supposed to be doing a read through of carnage yeah maximum carnage Maximum carnage because he's a he's a villain guy he likes villains yeah. so but um <coughs> i will i'll give you this my issue with spider-man is this there are too many freaking books yeah and um several years ago um back in like i want to say it was like 2013 maybe 2012 um, I tried getting back into collecting. I got into collecting uh, comics hardcore again. And um, it was about 2012 because we had just started dating. Okay. And um, and so I was trying to, I was wanting to get back into comics and to collect comics. And because I love stories, I love the stories of the comic books and I love the art. I was like, I'm going to get into Spider Man. I was doing uh, Avengers versus X Men mm-hmm. already because I had just started. And I was like, I'm going to get into Spider-Man also. So I had them pull Spider-Man. Well, I got the first issue that they pulled for me. And they were like, hey, there's a special one-off that you got to read. Okay, cool. I can do the one-off. And then, they're like, oh, by the way, you have to read not just Spectacular Spider-Man and the one-off. You got to read The Web of Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man, and The Ultimate Spider-Man, all five, mm-hmm. to get this one cohesive story. I was like, Ugh, okay, whatever. Fine. We'll do that. The next month, same stinking thing. Mm-hmm. I just I could not do five books in a month. Yeah. To to and that's my that's my only complaint about Spider Man stuff right now, and a lot of comics are doing it also, but they're just too many titles they tie in together. That's why I liked uh, the Scarlet Spider Volume Two set. Mm-hmm. Was there wasn't a lot of crossover. I think there was like two crossovers. There was one that crossed over with a, with a uh, a Carnage story, mm-hmm. and the one that crosses over into New Warriors. Which officially ends the series. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I didn't really care. Like, it wasn't that big deal. But I hate when they make you have to buy five or six books in a month. And it, it's for the people like us where we would buy five or six different titles if we mm-hmm. could. Yeah. The Between the two of us, Budget. it would be 10. Because <laughs> um, we would do that. Right. Having to follow one story and it taking up five or six, that's so much, so much money. Oh yeah. Now you do have things now like Marvel unlimited, like DC infinite where you can go and read them. And Marvel just updated it to where instead of six months behind, you're only three, which is great, which is great because you can keep up with more of the story that's happening currently. So when you're talking to people who are out there spending all the money, you're you're up to date ish. Yeah, ish. Ish. You're still about three months behind, but yep. it's not as big of an ordeal. Right. Um, so you do have that, and that is by far the most cost effective way to do it. But there's something about having physical media. Oh yeah. It's like I've been reading through the cable comics that you have, <laughs> but I've been doing it on 
Marvel Unlimited. Now, right. we own the physical copies, but I yes. won't take the physical copies with me up to work. I won't throw them in my purse to go Thank you. run errands because <laughs> you would kill me. I want to kill you. I just ask you to be careful. You'd be very. I do have them in binders to help. You'd be very upset. Yes. They, they're, I don't. So, for those who don't know, there, there's particular ways to take care of your comics. There's the traditional bag and board and then put them in boxes, specific kind of boxes. Yeah. Now, I made a switch a couple of years ago from the traditional box to hardcore Tupperware because mm-hmm. my cat ate the box. <laughs> and she did. Uh, actually damaged a couple of my books. Was unhappy. Um, so did that, but also um, I have got. I really enjoyed getting into bagging, boarding, and then putting them in binders. Mm-hmm. I just it's, it's better for display purposes. I made specialized uh, bookend labels, so I know exactly what we're dealing with. So I have collections yeah. that can go. Hey, here's my cable. Here's yeah. Batman New Fifty Two. But at the same time, that's a lot to to deal with because then you're having to take it out of the sleeve that holds it in the binder, take it out of the bag mm-hmm. with the board mm-hmm. and make sure the tape doesn't catch. <laughs> and then you're reading the comic yep. and then you have to put it all back. Yes. So for for sake of ease, I've been because I've been doing book log golf. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to purposely only do things that we own. Yes. Um. So I've been using utilizing Marvel Unlimited. But there's just something about holding a comic. Absolutely. It's like the the I love physical books. Yeah. I have 15 bajillion Kindle books, and I would be lost if I ever didn't have my Kindle. Right. Now, mind you, I have Kindle on my phone, so I'd still have access to all <sighs> my stuff. But I love holding the Kindle and reading the digital books. But there's something about holding an actual Sure. Printed book. It smells better. Yeah. It because <laughs> they don't they don't smell like <laughs> Kindles don't give you the book scent. Yeah. Um, and it just there's something about feeling like you're holding something that someone has written. I get that. So there is a difference. Yeah. Cool beans. Anything last minute last bit you want to add to this conversation about Spider Man before we take a commercial break? I think I'm good. All right, cool. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about hookers. In a world where live-action movies reign supreme, two awesome dudes are keeping things animated. If you want to hear a couple of animation nerds gush about the movies they love, then hop, run, or fly on over to The Cellcast. Available on most podcast platforms. Okay, Dallas, now that you have thoroughly confused the rest of our fan base that hasn't (laughs) stopped listening and started typing out angry emails, do you want to share? Contacting our pastor. Do you want to share with the folks? You might want to warn him. Do you want to share with the folks what you're talking about? So apparently, this is according to you now. It is. There are. um, It's not widely popular yet. Oh, but it's growing. But it's growing. We're on the grassroots here. Oh, Lord. So I am learning to crochet. Yes. And, um. Celeste has sat me down today to, to, to learn to crochet. And Celeste tells me 
that apparently now the underground movement of things <laughs> is a terminology that these people, these crocheters, yes, prefer to call themselves is hookers, happy hookers, happy hookers. <laughs> Gotta say it right. So that's, it was kind of a crude joke and I apologize for those who are offended, but, <laughs> but I had to get you to stick around for the second half of the podcast. You can sign off now, uh, <laughs> unless you want to find out why I'm doing this and what's going on. Rob learned to crochet right now. So Dallas, why are you learning to crochet? Because I want to make stuffed animals. Okay. <laughs> Plain and simple. I want to make, I want to learn to make like Pokemon and 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 Godzilla and other ones. I've been fascinated ever since we met Soda Crafter. Yes, who is a uh, she's a Twitch streamer and she she does this. She makes she crochets stuff. And uh, we bought one of her animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bought a Charizard, actually Charmander. Was it Charmander or was it Charmillion? No, it was a Charmander. Okay, for Demara, my sister. He was just and uh, it was just adorable. And I was fascinated by the process of it. And then I've been watching you. Mm-hmm. You've made several little dinosaurs you're making rodan which is going to be the size of our house the guys literally the beak of this rodan she's making is the size of her leg yep just the beak so i might partially be into the head i don't know (laughs) so i've been fascinated by the process of it and um so i want i want i want to get into it i want to make these things and uh so that's that's what's happening that's what's happening he he was like would you teach me to crochet and i go Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but do you want, I mean, not that I know quite a few guys who crochet. There's one guy in one of my amiguri, which is the stuffed animals. That's technically what it's called. Um, and he does at least one a day. That's crazy. Because he works nights. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so... He takes it to work with him, and then on days where he's off, he uses it so he doesn't mess up his sleep schedule, and it's just how he relaxes. And so, like, we're talking, he he makes some really intense stuff. That's cool. So um, so I'm not saying that, that gentlemen can't crochet. <laughs> I just didn't necessarily ever think that you would be like, I want to do that. Yeah. So I was like, I mean, yes, <laughs> but, but it threw me off. Yeah. So what what is your top few things that you're wanting to make? I want to make a Charmander. Okay. And um, um, and I'm kind of I'm kind of sad because we have a pattern. We found a pattern for him. We found a pattern, and it's kind of derpy. He's not. Wait. But it's not. It's not because the eyes are all slanted. He looks like he's, he's sleepy. Is that what it is? He, are stoned one of the two so but i, I really like the way that soda crafter had hers which by the way we're gonna put we're gonna put a link for soda crafter oh if her shop is open right now and uh she's been going through a lot so yeah she, her stuff may not be open so but anyways um i liked what her design like her stuff was just so nice and i was really inspired by her uh some of her stuff same but i want to do some pokemon i want to do uh, a, a mew i love our we have a traveling mew for those of we you do. don't know if you look up, uh, was it uh, traveling with Mew? Travel with Mew. Travel with Mew on Instagram. You'll see a bunch of our pictures. Uh, I took Mew with me to the Philippines, and we take Mew on on road trips and everything. But I want to make I want to make a Mew, a Pikachu. I wanted to this, is, and and you may have to tell me I'm an idiot and it's dumb. I want to do Batman, like Funko Pop Batman. Okay. I want to try doing that. That may take a while 
because that, oh my gosh, she has a Santa llama on her site. <laughs> Sorry. Her Etsy shop is open. Um, that may take a while because I have never seen a pattern for that. So you may need to wait until I can, I have gotten the capabilities to make patterns. That or I get the capabilities to make patterns. <laughs> like these are the end goals. I want to make these things. I want to, I want to, I want to make, I want to make Godzilla's. I want to make, I want to make adorable animals and, and do stuff with them. And, um, like, <laughs> and by do like, I want to, like, I love to sell them. Yeah. Like there, there is a, there is a magic behind stuffed animals. There really is. There just is. Giving somebody a stuffed animal, it just light, brightens it, especially if it's something they can have an attachment to. Yeah. And so. Like Rodan. <laughs> like Rodan. Bless him. <laughs> so, but I want to be able to create things and, and give them away or, or sell, you know, hey. <laughs> so, we will take money. Yeah. So, uh, Dallas, you had an interesting idea. Yeah. For your very first creature. Yeah. Uh, which we've determined, we've bought the stuff. We went yarn shopping. We went yarn shopping. It was an exciting thing. It was cool. I was excited. Were you excited? <laughs> I'm 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 excited about the prospect of the final result. Okay. Yes. I have ideas in my head mm-hmm. for things. Like we were at Hobby Lobby mm-hmm. and we there was yarn that was plain, but there was also like a shininess to it. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my gosh. What if we built Charizard out of this and then it'd be a shiny char- Pokemon? <laughs> you, you told me that. And so I had these, I had these ideas in my head and like, I'm seeing stuff like, like, like I see people like using like example, Charizard's eyes that we're doing. I went ahead and grabbed a different kind of yarn that had white and blue in it. Mm-hmm. That way his eyes aren't just a flat color, mm-hmm. but there's dynamics to it. And so that's, that's kind of where my head goes to. I'm like, I wonder what I can do with these things. So basically it's kind of stoking your creativity a little bit because you're, you're naturally very creative, creative and you do art for geek devotions. You do art for the church, but this is more of a a practicality of, I mean, having something in your hands and doing, it's a little different than, than putting together the elements on the computer. Oh yeah. It's a little different. (laughs) So, but okay. Yeah. Um, So we went yarn shopping. We went yarn shopping. We have the supplies to make a Charmander. Yes. Dallas, what was your idea? So my idea, uh, and, and after the first round of you show me what to do, uh, we may hold off because I don't know how long it's going to take me to do this. Uh, But my idea was to build Charmander mm -hmm. and somehow auction him off, auction him off, say words, Dallas, auction him off. Um, for charity. Yeah. And, uh, there's a couple of different charities we're looking at. Um, I think we're leaning towards one specifically mm-hmm. and that is the orphan's hands, yes. which is a, uh, it's a ministry that they have orphanages in Romania mm-hmm. and they actually, they got it like a small village. I think it's, are, weren't they in Bulgaria, Bulgaria as well? Yes. Like they, they, they branched out a little bit. Okay. But they had like a small village in one of these areas. I think it's Bulgaria that they and have like, the village. It was really fascinating. Like it was a, it was a, it was supposed to be like this exclusive, like upper end area, mm-hmm. and then it just all fell flat. And so there was all these abandoned homes. They're really, really nice. And so what they've done is they've gone in. They basically have bought out most of these places, and they're reva- they're revamping them and fix them up for these orphans to live in. Yeah. Now, for those who are not in the know, in Bulgaria and a lot of European countries, 
you have until I think it's the age of either 12 or, sh- or I think 14. it's 13. Any somewhere from between 12 and 14 um, in the state run orphanages. And if you have not been adopted, you are given a set of clothes and you are turned out. Yeah. You cannot stay. They don't have a foster system there. They don't have anywhere else to take them. So what Orphan's Hands does is they go, who's about to age out? Right. And they get these kids legally and they take care of them and they raise them and they give them skills. They give them the potential. 16. 16. 16. Uh, They give them the ability to learn how to work, learn I, trades. We've been wrong. They're in Moldova and the Ukraine. Still. <laughs> mi- <laughs> saying they're all the wrong things. All the wrong things. But they're still in countries in Europe mm-hmm. where they don't, like once you hit that age, you don't have a place to live. And, and so they're going and they're taking them and they're showing that they're loved. Right. They're caring for them. They're giving them skills so that when they leave, if they decide not to turn around and work for orphans hands, which a lot of them do, Mm -hmm. then, then they have something they can do. They have skills. Yeah. Because what happens is, and this is, this is the darker side of things is a lot of times is these young girls and these young boys, Mm -hmm. they're given the equivalent of 20 bucks dropped off in the middle of a metropolitan area. And then they're picked up by sex uh, slave traders. Yep. And they're trafficked out. Never seen before, and so that's they're they're literally rescuing kids mm-hmm. and then equipping kids, yeah, to be productive to survive. They're showing the gospel, and they're they're giving this really important phrase, which I love so much because it, it really rings with what we believe in here it at Devotions. Every child is taught this one thing: if you were born, you have a purpose. Yep. Every child is taught that. So <clears throat> I may be, <laughs> we may be auctioning off my Charmander. Well, and if we may be auctioning off a Charmander, a Charmander, if Dallas does not want to show the world his Charmander, <laughs> we have enough supplies that I will be able to make one. Yeah. Um, but we will keep an eye out for the information. <laughs> so, but the Orphan's Hands, it's a great charity. Um, we love them. The Camerons, they're the ones who run it. Fantastic individual. I think you talk to at least one of them. Yeah, I talked to Phil Jr. Yeah, Phil Jr. He's a great guy. Love him to death. Um, Super talented. Really, uh, like he's he handles most of the techie side of Mm -hmm. the of Orphans Hands, and so we connect on that level. Fantastic dude. Andrew's also a great dude. I love talking with him. Yeah. And then I don't really talk to Philip Senior that much. Scott does. Yeah. But, um, but just a great family all around. Right. So uh, if you want to check out the Orphan's Hands, we'll have links in the description down below. But yeah. just off the bat, their website's theorphanshands.org. But yeah, so that's what's, that's what's happening. And, and today you gave me my first little uh, little instructions. <laughs> the bad part is, is that that's just kind of the basics of crochet. Yeah, thanks. You you still need a little bit more. <laughs> You're like, you suck, Dallas. No, no, no. <laughs> you still need to learn one more thing before you can move on to, well, two more things mm-hmm. before you can move on to making Charmander. Right. I was struggling with the yarn that you gave me. That is true because I got a thicker, sturdier cotton yarn, mm-hmm. but I didn't think about the fact that that yarn also separates down into strands very easily. Yes. 
And so then it looks like like all of a sudden you have six strands when you're only supposed to have one. Like it, <laughs> it, it gets very confusing. So that was, I don't regret getting that, but I regret not warning you about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dallas. So since you've, you've brought it up, uh, how, how do you feel about your first lesson? I don't feel safe. <laughs> what do you mean you don't feel At safe? One point, my finger was trapped like a tiny <laughs> finger trap from doom. Because I was just focused on getting my finger free. You should have said something. I could have helped. <laughs> so it's definitely it's a lot more challenging than it looks. Like you make it so sound look so easy. Soda Crafter makes it because I've watched some of her stuff in preparation for this. I've watched some of her streams <laughs> and her past streams. I'm like, you guys are like, just like I'm 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 moving my hands like you guys can see me, but it's like freaking like. Um, like Doctor Strange, you guys are like manipulating the eye of origami. Oh and I'm just like, what is happening here? The, did you just say the eye of origami? <laughs> yeah, I did. Because <laughs> that's what it's like to me. Like, like I understand origami to a degree, and so it's like you have these like these mystical movements that make something that de- make no sense. All these folds, and all of a sudden, boof, there it is. <laughs> All of a sudden, you have like a swan or an eagle or or or, or an elephant, something. <laughs> I can make a flower with them, uh, but you're over here. You're like, and you're like, it's a dragon. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm over here struggling to make a string. <laughs> I'm probably the first person to crochet with a string and end up with not a string. No, no, I'm sure somebody has done that as well. <laughs> So you have to keep in mind now. I don't know how long Soda Crafter has been crafting. Rumor says that Moses taught her. That's an insult to her, sir. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to come out that way. <laughs> I was just saying that she's been doing it forever. <laughs> you, just, soda, you just called her old. Soda Crafter, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, ma'am. I respect you and love you a lot. <laughs> I don't know if she even listens to our podcast. We'll send it to her. Oh, no. So she can hear my apology. <laughs> hear the insult and the apology. apology. Um, so I don't know how long she's been doing it. She's been doing it a while. Yeah. I have not been crocheting very long, probably about two years. But I have been knitting, which, while different, is very similar for Almost 20 years. Yes. So there's things that I just understand, like tension and how to hold the yarn so that you get a good, uh, not too tight, not too loose yeah. loop. And that's how I'm trying to tell myself while I'm, I'm doing this. I'm good at developing muscle memory. Yes. And, develop- and that is very much what crocheting is. Yeah. And so I, I'm trying to tell myself, it's like, you, you're, you're new at this. You don't know how to hold it. There, you have to work it in a certain way, and I'm just trying to get used to the, the pattern. Like you freaked out on me a little bit because I we did. got yes, because we got the strand, and then you're like, okay, now do the um, what'd you call it? It's when I go back on top. It's the, the single crochet, single crochet, and I I got the first single crochet done, and then I frogged everything out. Yes, I did. Frog out, frogging, frogging. Frogging means that you have ripped out everything you've done. It's a a term because you rip it. 
Yeah. Ribbit, ribbit, frog. I, and I made you laugh because like, I frogged out. And so. Because yes, that's not a phrase I've heard. <laughs> it's kind of like bug out, but you were frogging out. <laughs> so, so I frogged out and start over. And you're like, no, what are you doing? I was like, I, I've got to do this over. Like I've got to start. I got to build the muscle memory of just the base of building the chain before I go in to do the single crochet. Mm-hmm. And so I was, that's what I was doing. And, yeah. uh, well, and it, I, I spazzed for a minute because I was intending on teaching you how to then go m- make, start another line on top of that one. Right. And make another single crochet. So in my mind, you're going to get the muscle memory because it's all the same motions. Mm -hmm. That's the thing with crochet. No matter where you put the hook, it's all the same motion. So it has this rhythm to it, which is why I find it relaxing. I get that. Same with uh, knitting. It has a a rhythm. And if you can get into the rhythm, Mm -hmm. you can kind of just zone out. Yeah. Now my wrist was hurting while doing this. That, that happens. And also you don't are not using the my nice ergonomic hooks. Uh, the ones with the squishy stuff on them yeah. are meant to make it easier on your wrist. Gotcha. That's why I don't use those metal ones very often. Because mm. I can't use them for very long and it not make my hands hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well it was challenging. Yeah. To say the least. It, it's again, it's it's more challenging than what you ladies make it sound look like in my observance of you. Okay. Uh, I respect the art. I've always respected the art. Right. Don't get me wrong. But trying to do it, I'm like, wow, this is this is definitely a challenging thing. Okay. Well, are you are you so frustrated with yourself? You're not going to keep going. No, because we're putting this podcast out, and I've already <laughs> said that we're going to be possibly selling off a derpy looking Charmander. to for charity so now i've put myself in a hole which was kind of partly the point one i just want to do something for people yeah and uh, so um and i was kind of frustrated because we we haven't done anything for christmas in a couple years we did the big we did the big fundraiser for trek yes which was amazing Uh, so amazing so i was like let's let's see if i can do this and also it forces me to keep this up so my this is my ADD brain going, we're going to force you into a, a corner and make it happen. All I know is that at one point, because you were, you had ripped it out and were practicing. And I went, I have projects I need to work on. While he is practicing, I will crochet with my stuff and I'll look over every once in a while and check on him. Because for me, if I'm trying to learn something, I don't want someone right on top of me. Right. If it's something I'm having to repeat. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite teachers when I was in, school. She actually wasn't a teacher. She was just a, what we call a proctor. Um, she was the person who was there to make sure I didn't kill somebody. Well, you were homeschooled. No, I'm talking in college. Oh, in college. Okay. Um, and she worked at the VA and her name was Miss Bobby. Miss Bobby is infamous, infamous, infamous with anyone who goes to phlebotomy school that does clinicals through the VA. She's since retired. Um, but we never knew if she was watching us, she was <laughs> She's over, watching us. She was over on her computer and we ran the lab. She's looking for houses, literally looking for houses on her computer. But the instant 
you got into trouble the instant something wasn't happening, she was on top of you. Nice. So like she gave you that illusion of you can do this. You don't need me. It's okay. I'm going to look at houses. Right. But if we needed her, we didn't even have to call for her. She was there. That's cool. So I was trying to do that with you. And then a couple times, I'm pretty sure, like, I didn't know you got your finger caught. <laughs> didn't know that happened. I got her free. <laughs> I mean, clearly, there's not yarn hanging from your fingers. Uh, I I mean, I think at one point you took the chain and you, because t- we had to cut because the yarn, the yarn's older. Um and so it, it's more easily tangled and knotted and frustrating, which is part of why we still have it. Um, frustrating is correct. Yes. And so at one point I was like, okay, well, we're just going to have to cut this part off because it's, it's got to the point where we can't do it. But it's okay because this is just whatever yard. And you took the chain and tossed it across the room. <laughs> and I went, pick okay. it up. I went, okay, so if you're going to do that, <laughs> don't throw it across the room. Throw it somewhere you can see it so you'll pick it up later. I will pick it up. <laughs> I believe you. But I understand the throwing it. I just need you to throw it somewhere <laughs> where it's still visible. Because I don't know where that went. Put that in my notes. I don't, I don't know where it went. It's on the other side of the table. That's a bird. That's a bird. Okay. We don't know if you guys can hear the noises. So we're recording. And at the beginning of the podcast, there was a lawnmower, and now there's a bird outside. That sounds very angry. Yeah. You guys might have heard me eating a Reese's peanut butter cup just now. I don't know. Well, we can edit that part out. No, you can't. <laughs> no, you could edit yours. Like, silence it. Yes, maybe. We'll yeah. see. It's a thing. Let us know. Leave a comment. Let me know. Do you hear my Reese's peanut butter cup? <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay, Dallas. Well, this has been our what? What should we call this? Our hooking updates. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll edit that part out. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it in, but then we're not gonna call it that. <laughs> we're not gonna call it that. <laughs> Dallas's crafty corner. <laughs> Dallas's crafty corner. We'll figure it out. So that's another thing. Leave a comment. Let us know what you guys think we should call this. this these update segments. As Dallas learns to crochet. Learn to crochet. Okay. And who knows, maybe we'll get really wild after you learn to crochet and you'll learn to knit. Uh, maybe. We'll see what happens. I might teach you. But if I do, <laughs> it might be backwards. It might be backwards. Because you, you crochet, you knit backwards. I knit backwards. Yep. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, love to hear some feedback from you. Let us know what your thoughts are. Um, do we have anything we need to announce? We got uh, articles coming out um, soon. On the website, Spidey, very Spidey Christmas. Yep. Oh, there's an album on Spotify. Once you guys check out, called "A Very Spidey Christmas." It's hysterical. It really is. It was made for the Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. So check that out. Um. So I'm trying to think. If there's anything else we need to tell people? I think we're good. Right. Do you know what you're doing your devotional this week? Um. Either it's going to be off of the Amazing Spider-Man movie, mm-hmm. or it's going to be off of Spider-Man comic. Oh, I'm going to be on Retro Rewind. Oh, yeah, you are, aren't you? This week. This week. That's, we're recording that this week. Let's go. You're watching what? Uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. The we're, third one. We're going to mom's house afterwards to pick so up a we, cheese ball in that movie. Yep, we need to try to get that movie. And people are like, why are we doing a cheese ball? Because, because it's it was good. bacon ranch cheese ball. Because it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and the mom offered us some. <laughs> 
All right, so let's land this plane so we can go get some cheese balls. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Calm Talk today. If you have loved this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. So until next time, stay devoted. Peace and love.